Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. It's quite hard to impersonate an owl, isn't it, actually? Yeah. Try it. Yeah, exactly. It sounds what's, mad. What's the easiest owl? Uh, the, sorry, try it again. <laughs> what's the easiest owl to impersonate? Well, let me take you through my range of owl impressions, shall I? I'll start with Tawny. What I was going to say was, um, what is the easiest animal to impersonate? It's got to be a cow, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Or like, a, and what about like the proper like... I'm a pig. That's yeah, quite... but I heard that sound like you just going. I want a, I want an impersonation. Where I'm like, oh my god! Like, I think I do quite a good sheep. Go on then. Okay, hang on. I got. Can I have a couple of practices before I do it. Otherwise, you're going to think. Yeah, I'm... but we won't edit them out. No, I know that's the problem, isn't it? Okay. Hey, yeah, that's not bad actually. Can you woof? Oh, I've got an amazing woof. Oh, mate, I've got an outstanding woof. Go on. Is that... That's your dog, isn't it, mate? That's me doing a woof. No, it's not. Do you know why? There's a reason I've got this, this great woof. Oh, is that really you? <laughs> yeah, I've got an amazing woof. Dave, my woof is one of my... It's a party trick I'd forgotten I've got. Thanks for bringing it back That's up. That's astonishing. Why have you never done that for me before? I've known you, Dave, for X years, and we've never, we've never had a woof off. How do you do it? So... When I was 23, I was in a show called Dogman, which was a, um, a kids' show at the Edinburgh Festival, starring Self plus Miranda Hart uh, plus Max Cable Smith and many other brilliant people um, who I've now forgotten they'll be offended. Never mind, they don't listen. And um, Good job you remembered Miranda because she obviously is listening every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. I lived with Miranda Hart for a month. You know, that was, uh, it was, she was a great, awesome human being. Anyway, um, I played Dogman. It was, it's written by John Darry, fantastic comedian and writer. And it's about superhero dog. And I was Dogman. And Dogman had to do this thing where he's sort of talking in the room every now and again. He would just sort of do a kind of Tourettean bark. So he'd be going, right, let's go and save the day, everyone. And I got really good at doing a dog. And however, during Edinburgh, I was doing four shows. And my other three shows had nothing to do with dogs. The problem was, Dave, <laughs> that I so associated being on stage with doing this slightly flinchy <laughs> thing. There was one occasion when I was uh, in another show and I was halfway through a sketch about a man in a bank and I started barking halfway through. Yeah, that's not ideal, is it? And the other bad thing was uh, it got so bad that I actually uh, was so exhausted because I was doing all these shows every day. Um, one night, I woke myself up barking in my sleep. No. Yes, true story. That is one of my Edinburgh low or high points. That's uh, nice. There's nothing high about that, mate. That is low, low, low. Literally woken at three in the morning. Was that a dog? I oh, know that was me. 
barking, <laughs> barking in my sleep. Quite literally going barking. How did you learn how to bark? Though? This is my question. Like, I, I understand that you had to do it a lot, but that doesn't mean you'd necessarily be good at it. I feel like I should be on an actor prepares. You know that really pretentious interviewing actors thing where you get like Benedict Cumberbatch talking about becoming Frankenstein or something, right? And then you get me going, "Well, I learned to bark by just sort of forcing air out of my, my lungs and <laughs> and hoping it would sound realistic." But like, in like, no disrespect to some of your other uh, performances, but your dog bark is better than your welsh accent and you're welsh oh i can uh, that is true but i'm doing the dog bark in a welsh accent oh i see it's a welsh dog so, so it? a welsh dog that's welsh and then you go into the border in england and it's more you see it's a slight <laughs> difference very slight difference genuinely genuinely do you know what that is it's- good god dave i've known you all this time and i've actually impressed you for the first ever time yeah i'd say so i'd say that's it can we finish there thanks everyone bye <laughs> Even producer Steve is on our WhatsApp group going, that is outstanding. I know. Honestly, you've, you've surprised us all because, you know, again, no disrespect, but I think we just all had you down as a man with very little talent, Tom, and now you've absolutely pulled it out of the bag. What I'd love is if anyone out there does have an excellent animal impression, is it possible, can they DM us? Have we opened our DMs on, on Twitter? They could. Uh, they could. We can, yeah. You can send a little, like a voice message or something on, on Twitter and that. Yeah, and we can play it on the uh, on the podcast. Sure, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to play our... Our Twitter sting now because we've just played the music. But if you listen to the show, you already know what the uh, Twitter number is. We'll play it. I'll play it anyway, mate. Right, Come fine. on. Get royalties. Cabin F E A three seven oh nine. Oh oh oh, that's our Twitter name. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I, the problem is, my brain's now wondering how we can use this okay. to our advantage, and I don't know how that is. If I'm perfectly honest, prank calls involving a dog one option yeah i guess if we knew a number of dogs with mobile phones mm, that's then true we could prank call them has herc not got a mobile phone I'm not sure no herc doesn't have a mobile got phone a pager no. hasn't he yeah, yeah yeah he's a bit behind the times so the dog dog comms is a little bit behind human comms <laughs> they're still on pages and they're still listening to music on mini discs it's all a bit dial pup isn't it <laughs> so uh anyway carry on <laughs> Okay. Uh, how is Herc? Now, obviously, uh, we know, Dave, because you've been sharing uh, incredible video footage on our WhatsApp group of you doing your push-ups, doing your PT with your wonderful dog, who is just, I'm sorry, is the canine embodiment of your beard, frankly. Uh, yes, yeah. The, 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 the hair blends, doesn't it, right into mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so you have been doing your, your push-ups with the dog, and it's one of the fin- finest videos I've ever seen. All we need is a cotter to commentate on it, quite frankly. Oh yeah, that's true. So, I mean, it's it's basically impossible to do any sort of physical exercise, which I would normally take as an excuse to just not do any physical exercise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks, dog. You're the uh, best. Cheers, yeah, God. Yeah, well, I, I can't really do anything because of the dog. But <laughs> in these sort of trying times, I feel like if I don't do a little bit of exercise, I will just sit and watch The Office all day. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. it's that sort. Of, getting to that. So so yeah, I'm trying to do it. But basically, anytime I try and do say a press up, the dog's just like, ah, oh, we're playing on the floor, are we? So he comes in. <laughs> bounds in licks my face oh, and it's, it's lovely it's i mean it genuinely actually in a weird way maybe there's this is a new business idea but it's like it makes it much harder because you have to like support yourself for longer and move you know move around so actually in a weird way my dog is an excellent personal trainer because he's just throwing obstacles in the way of my exercise he, he's like a sort of furry resistance band isn't he yeah, and my, weirdly, my PT is called James Barr, so I could have James Barr and, and James Bark as my two oh, PTs. Oh, you mean James... 
That's actually his full name. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Oh, mate, that's 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 fantastic. I'm quite jealous because Polly now, my dog, is is nearly, gosh, she's nearly 14, so she doesn't really get involved if I start doing press-ups. She does get quite angsty um, when we play. We have family switch every night, 6 p.m., Dave, 6 p.m. Uh, you need to get a switch, by the way, so we can play each other online. Okay, right, like, talk me through the switch, right? Should I, should I just buy one immediately? It's outstanding. It's outstanding. It's outstanding. Get one. Please get one. And, and I cannot emphasise how if if it wasn't for the switch we'd have all killed ourselves Benny. Talk me right okay go on mm. carry on. So well so you've, have you all got a switch? No 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 so there's one switch in the house but it lo- it just looks like it looks like a, a large um actually looks like a sort of it's about the same size as an iPad mini. Yeah yeah. It's a Game Boy, isn't it? Let's it's, be a it's a Game Boy, Boy, but the connectivity... Connectivity? The connectivity, that's better. Um, you put it into this dock, and it goes straight onto the TV really quickly, really easily. You buy a couple of extra controllers, so we've got four little controllers. So all four of us, right, 6pm every day, we all sit down and we all play Mario Kart. So you've got a four-year-old, you've got a seven-year-old, you've got a 39-year-old, and you've got Beth. And all four of us, right, we all <laughs> absolutely love it like we look forward to it and um we talk about it and everyone's having as much fun as each other and that's hard in these times to find a thing that the whole family enjoys as much as each other so it's just been brilliant and then as i discovered the other day you pay 20 quid for a year's access to nintendo online and you can play uh, switch with your mates so my uh, seven-year-old is now playing switch with his best mate heath they're on playing switch together for an hour and they they go on a they do a facetime call and they chat and they play computer games and it's golden mate it's golden i've never really i mean i've never really since then since the n64 i never really kept up with the gaming world very well no i know but the gaming world for me has always been that thing where i want to go back into it where i have memories of things like the n64 and and this uh what did i have i had ds light did you have a dreamcast <laughs> remember the Dreamcast? oh god no i didn't have a Dreamcast. i had a commodore 64 but you were probably about two when those right yeah um, but they, you'd lose yourself in them. You'd lose yourself in them. And oh yeah, played GoldenEye for for days. Uh, yeah, still arguably the best game ever made. Um, and whilst I, we haven't been losing ourselves in the thing, like in the same way of being a student where you just play it for six hours, that is the platonic ideal of a computer game, isn't it? That's the sort yeah. of thing we're aiming for. But you still get a little taste of it. And and the thing about Nintendo is it's not all shoot 'em ups and crazy Call of Duty swearing shit. It's just fun games. Yeah, that's what I'm interested in. I'm 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 very much more Mario Kart than than like you say. Call of Duty and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, more. Uh, yeah, exactly. More Super Mario than, than than Gears of War, which is awesome. But I actually, when I play Gears of War on the Xbox, which I do about once every ten years, um, you just feel a bit, it's just a bit overwhelming and a bit dizzy almost. You're a bit like, oh my god, it's a it's an assault yeah. on the senses. So what you put the you put the switch in this little dock, and then you've got separate switch controllers. How big are they? Um, each switch controller is about the size of a small remote control. So imagine um, right. like a remote control for your sound bar. That sort of size, and they all fit perfectly. They all really ergonomically like work really well. And then what you can do with those switches, you switch the mates. That's what's called the switch. You stick them on the side of the um, the actual device, and then you pick the device off the cradle, and suddenly you've turned it into a big fat Game Boy. Oh, I see. Oh, so the, the controllers are things on the side of the. the well, switch. you can put them on there. You stick them on the side, and then the, you take it out of the cradle, and suddenly you've got like a portable device. Yeah, it's really good, <laughs> and the games are brilliant. Mario's amazing. But that's the thing about. Uh, Nintendo, like Mario. That's it, mate. The end. Someone was trying to get me to get Zelda or something. No, mate, not interested. I want Mario. I want Mario Kart. The end. Done. Okay. Sold. Could you get one? And then we could do an episode of this while we play Mario Kart. That would be great. Yeah. Not against that at all, my friend. That'd be a great listen. Good news. Okay, here he comes. Close the door, please, love. Oh, he's got. A, he's bought a little book with him this time. Have you it's ri- a riddle book? He's, have you, he's bought his little riddle. Sort of. Okay, Riddler love. returns. 
The Riddler is back, guys. So, uh, shall I do a little intro? A little intro, maybe? Yeah. Okay, what do you mean? I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> right, it's Wednesday. Riddle me Wednesday. Please welcome, as he flicks through his uh, homeschool book, my son, Wilfred. Wilfred, do you want to say hi to everyone? Hi. Thanks for coming back on the show. Really pleased you agreed to do it. Have you got a new riddle for us? Yes. So, what's your riddle, Wilfred, this week? So, have you, uh, ma- are you making, have you made this one up, or is this one that you've um, found somewhere else? I don't know. How, how does a riddler source uh, a riddle, Tom? I made Tom? it up with my mum. Okay. So, two brains on this one. Two brains living in just one riddle. Okay. Um, over to you, my son. A man was murdered in his house in England. Okay, but Only his servants were there. Hang on one second, Dave. Yeah. Where's the, we need the tension music. Oh, yeah, sorry. Hang on. Great. Okay, Wilfred, back to you, Wilfred. A man was murdered in his house in England. Only his servants were there. A deaf old gardener. De- a deaf old gardener, okay. A young... Uh, a beautiful young maid beautiful. and a French cook all had alibis. Wait, mm. a French cook, they all had alibis. Okay. The cook was watching TV in his room. The maid was cleaning the basement. The gardener was listening to the radio. Who killed the man and why? Okay. So, there's been a murder. Thank you. Wilfred literally picked his nose and ate it. Well, you did that, though. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. You totally did. I went like this. You just, no. You, you jammed a finger right out there. It's a stressful time. There's been a murder, Tom. There's been a murder. So, um, Poirot's rocked up and he's got a bit of hay fever, so he's just hacking away. All right, so, Wilfred, tell us again. You've got a de- you, we've got a deaf man, right? He's the... He, he's the... Yeah. Huh? Gardener. He's the gardener. Deaf gardener. You've got the beautiful maid. Yeah. You've got the French cook. Yeah. And how was the person murdered? How was, was the person murdered? Yeah. Was it with the a man was murdered garlic? in his house in England. He was murdered in his house. But how was he killed? Do you know? No, he was just, he was killed. All oh, right, okay. okay. So, so, so what was everyone doing again? Remind us the, the scenarios. Yeah, what are their alibis? Take us through the alibis again. The maid was cleaning the basement. The gardener was listening to the radio. Mm. Oh, wait. Uh, the cook was watching TV in his room. Who <sighs> killed the man and why? So the cook was watching English TV, even though he's French. Oh, hello, Dave. Goodness me. I can tell you've done some PT this morning because you are sharp. What is this? Some sort of magical... We're supposed to believe this is a magical cook who can speak more than one language. Mm. The maid was doing what again? The neighbour. The maid. The maid? <laughs> no, the neighbour's not there. What? The, the maid was not doing the neighbour. <laughs> the maid was cleaning the basement. Right. Okay. okay. That's that stacks up, doesn't it? Really? Yeah. That's what maids do. They uh, clean the basement. Um, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Might trip you up on this one. Wilfred, does the house have a basement? Oh, it does. Fair play. Sounds like a good alibi. Yeah. Then, yeah. That's it? right. Yeah. It's fair. Yeah. That's what maids do, and basements do need cleaning. Um. And hang on. The is it, what, what was the gardener doing? The gardener was listening to the radio. He was listening to the radio, was he? He was listening to the radio. What yeah. was the hang on? What was the gardener? Hang on a second. What was the gardener's overwhelming characteristic there? Yeah. What was the first thing you told us about the gardener? A deaf old gardener. A deaf old gardener was listening to it. Old? An old person listening to the radio? I don't think so, mate. I do not think so. A deaf old gardener. A deaf... What? Okay. I think you've got the French cook watching telly. Cook could have been watching a cooking show, to be fair. Even if he wasn't bilingual. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. Just very visual, isn't it? Cooking, of course it is. Yeah, um, I'm going to say it was. Honest, if you're watching Sunday brunch, it's probably better if you can't speak English. Yeah, it does help. <laughs> Tim Lovejoy can't. I'm going to go with the the the, uh, the yeah the maid in the basement. She did it uh, because uh, she was fed up with cleaning for her landlord. She was cl- fed up with cleaning for the guy who owned the house, and he didn't pay her enough, and he had made her go back to work before it was safe to do so after the coronavirus, and she was sick of it, so she killed him out of the, the rage of the workers. Dave, what do you think? Uh, I think it was the cook. The cook? Yeah. Watching French Television. TV? Watching English TV, even Which though he's French, Tom. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, are you, what, what am I supposed to believe here? We, we j'accuse. Wilfred, do you want to tell us who actually did it? Dave, get ready for some, some nice piano sound effects, please. Who did it? The gardener. The gardener! <laughs> So why was it the gardener? Because at the start I said the deaf old the deaf old gardener, <laughs> and uh, uh, who killed the man and why? The gardener was listening to the radio. The radio couldn't listen to oh, radio. Oh, he's deaf. He's deaf. He couldn't listen to the radio, Dave. Why would a deaf man have a radio in this instance, That's, in this situation? Uh, is it not a braille radio? Could have been a braille radio, but no, a braille radio. <laughs> um, so, so it was a deaf old gardener who did it. Yeah, that makes sense. To be fair. Great riddle. Are you keeping all these riddles, Wilfred? You should maybe publish yeah. sort of a book of them or something. This is what happens, isn't it? You have a, when your mother's a best-selling author, you've got all the publishing contacts, and then you can just pop a book of riddles out, willy-nilly. He's got the writing skills of his mother and the talking skills of his father, hasn't he, Dave? I think it's fair to say. Yes, I'd say he's a, he's a better broadcaster than you in many ways. Thank you very much for coming. Um, uh, Wilfred, thanks very much. Dave, can you, can you play out Wilfred, Wilfred the Riddles? Have you got a Wilfred the Riddles song? Thank you for your riddle, Wilfred, thank you for your riddle. Please come back next Wednesday. It's not the end or beginning of the week, it's the middle. Oh, come on! For the riddle. Great riddling. Great riddling. There we go. He's gone now, so we can bitch about him. Oh, no, that's not fair. <laughs> um, to be fair, yeah. like your seven-year-old chucking out words like alibi willy-nilly. I was absolutely yeah. that's that's great work, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he's got the way that he's got the word alibi. He loves them though. He really does love them. And you know, thank you for indulging him in that, Dave, because he he does feel like he's a proper. I think he's going to set crosswords for a living. Yeah, but this is what I mean. I mean, the thing is, right? So here's my here's my admission mm-hmm. is that I don't really know. So I've been very impressed by a seven-year-old using the word alibi. There, for example, mm. I don't understand what age kids should be able to do anything at. Do you know what I mean? So you could easily say to me, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, three-year-olds know the word alibi. Yeah. Or you shouldn't know it too. But in my head, that's genuinely really impressive. Here's the thing, Dave. He's seven years old, and the other day I was teaching him about uh, a uh, thing in the English language. Let's see if you can tell us what this is. So this, bear in mind, the seven-year-olds know what this is, right, Dave? Yeah. You are, what, 30-something? Yeah. What's a fronted adverb? A fronted adverb? Yeah. Ah, you know? Yeah, go on. An adverb, with, an adverb with a front on it. That's exactly right. It is an adverb with a front on it. So you know that, obviously. No, it's not. Come on, what's a fronted adverb? A fronted adverb? Mm. Hang on, wait, let me just... Uh, no, don't Google. No Google, <laughs> no Google cheating, mate. Google can't make up for a poor education. But this is the thing. We never did all this crap. What's what a fronted adverb? He's seven years old. He's learning what a fronted adverb is. Should I say what it is? Yeah. A fronted adverb is when you um, you start the sentence with an adverb. Say something like, sadly, comma... All of the chickens were killed by the fox. So it's a, it's a fronted adverb. So it's an adverb at the beginning of the sentence. Slowly, comma, he got out of bed and made a podcast. See what I mean? So that is a fronted adverb. 
I mean, that and, is... I mean, it, they're just making the English language really boring. As boring as they possibly can. You can see when I'm sitting there at home trying to teach them what a fronted adverb is, and I'm sort of cursing and swearing at the iPad where we do Google Homeschool. You think there's a thing called Google Classroom, and you've got all these worksheets, right? And we're both sort of staring at it. I'm like, oh mate, I'm sorry, you've got all this crap. I would argue that yeah. it doesn't matter where the fuck an adverb comes. It's just an adverb, isn't it? Matter, mate. It's just an adverb. It's just an adverb. It doesn't matter. You wouldn't just, you're not calling it a middling adverb when it's in the middle of a sentence. It's such a shame when it gets technical though. It just makes yeah. makes things sound really boring. Anyway, it, what's really pleasing about things like doing these riddles, and you know what? Anyone listening should do this with their kids because uh, you make you turn it back into a game. You turn language back into a game, which is what it is. So yeah. um, he thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, should we have a look at our tweets? Always. Hello, my name is Pete Ellison. This is Dave Cribb. Hello, and we do a podcast called Friends with Friends, as you might have guessed from the music that's playing underneath, uh, which is a sort of lo-fi rendition of the Friends theme tune for rights reasons. We get a different guest on every week on our podcast to talk about their favourite episode of Friends. And we look through in excruciating detail. We pick through levels of plots like no one has ever done before. So if you like Friends or just listening to people talking, which are both valid activities, do look us up on the old podcast app and that friends with friends and we're on twitter at friends wf when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue nile.com you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you found the one you'll get it delivered right to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I love uh, some of the tweets we've had, by the way. Um, hello to Shelley. Why doesn't Tom get the kids to create a mini crazy golf course around the house and garden? It's got to cover loads of educational elements. Well, Shelley, my friend, let me tell you something. We have already invented the game of hoop golf. Dave, have I told you what hoop golf is before? No, you've told me about sticky ball ball dancing. Uh, no, uh, strictly ball broom. Oh, that's right. Strictly ball broom, which we were playing in the back garden only yesterday. Um, st- strictly ball broom, by the way, is when you I stand in the middle of the garden with a broom and the kids have to get past me and move all the balls from one side of the garden to the other without getting touched by the broom. I've got my eyes closed, by the way. I swing the broom around on the floor. Yeah, but I don't sounds really, a bit childish. Yeah, exactly. I just whack them with the broom. Um, I also, when I'm doing it, I do an old man's voice when I'm doing it. Come here! Oh, give, very good. And I shout, give me my balls back! Which makes me laugh. Um, uh, no, so, uh, we have invented hoop golf. Here's what you do, guys, if you've got kids in your life, or even if you haven't got kids in your life. Um, you get some Lego, probably need kids for this, um, and you make a... Uh, a, a sort of um what's the word like a, a column of lego right yep a tower a tower of lego which a hoop would fit over and then you go around the house and you find a point in the house maybe next to the tv and you pop your hoop with a little base 
not hoop, sorry, you pop your tower with a little base on it by the TV, then you get a hoop. Now, you need to have a hoop. You can use, like, a, a Frisbee's good for this, um, any kind of round plastic hoop. And then yeah. you stand... That's, uh, that's literally just a frisbee, isn't it? Yes, yeah, frisbee. It's Name frisbee. me another round. Pra- Name me another round plastic um, hoop. Uh, an earring from the eighties. <laughs> then you stand at the other side of the room, and you have to get your hoop onto the uh, the tower, right? Hoop yep. golf, and you've got in each different setup is a par. So, for example, you've got to get it on within four throws. So you do your first throw. You drive. You know, you, you tee off. And you've got to get the hoop onto the thing within. within. And then it just it, you you play it from where it lands, do you? You play it from where it lands. So wherever it lands, you go for your next throw, and eventually you end up right next to it, and then you just pop it on, right? And you end up with like par fours, and then you do crazy holes where it's like the um, the column, the tower, the Lego thing is right by the front door, and you're as far away as possible, and it's like a par ten, and you keep a little scorecard with you. Then they have to add up the numbers at the end, so it turns into a bit of a maths thing. Absolutely brilliant fun. Absolutely brilliant fun. That does sound great. To be fair, I might play that with a dog. Talking of dogs, Matthew Wilson's tweeted us, Dave. Do you want to read out his tweets? Lush. Uh, yes, we're talking about dogs in the acting industry, weren't we? He says his black lab poppy was an extra on the regional detective drama Vera and had to walk along a beach. Oh, God, I, honestly, the more I think about it, the more I'm just going to try and train my dog to be an acting dog yeah. and then become like the, the new lassie, I guess. I was trying to think of, there's not that many famous dogs as leads, are there? No, leads. That's what I'm, that's what I'm after for, you know, not just like a... Not, not like Matthew's dog in Vera, you know? Mm. I want a proper... I want the show to be named after my dog. Yeah, okay. Herc. The Adventures of Hercules. Well, he's an actor, Tom. It doesn't have to be his own name, you know? Oh, uh, okay. Like, you know, it's not called David Tennant. It's like this Doctor Who and David Tennant's in it, you know? But they didn't do that like on Neighbours. Bouncer was called Bouncer. They didn't say at the, at the credits of Neighbours, Bouncer, played by, you know, Steve, did they? His name was Bouncer. Well, uh, let's check that, Tom, because I'm not sure if you're right. What was the real name of Bouncer, the dog and Neighbours? Yeah. It's going to be Bouncer, mate. Absolutely going to be Bouncer all day long. Yeah, no, in that, in that, in that case, you are absolutely right. He's called Bouncer. But <laughs> there's, an, oh, there's an example that's, that I'm thinking of where there's a, there's a, there is a dog that's played by a different dog. And that's just a, this is one of my non-anecdotes that has no... I can't remember the actual thing. Welcome to the world of the Tom Price non-anecdote. Absolutely love a non-anecdote. Uh, Eddie from Frasier. Oh! The, the dog Eddie, as yes. in Frasier's dad's dog, Yes, was called Moose in real life. Oh. Do you know how much he earned? Oh no! That no. dog. Oh, don't. And over ten thousand dollars an episode. Oh God! <laughs> Have you ever been paid ten thousand oh. dollars for an episode of anything? Oh, don't. That is unbelievable. Anyway, this has taken me on to oh. uh, quite to the website. Would you like to play a quick round of what's that real dog's name? Oh or, yeah. Or what's the dog? played i don't know uh, do, uh, do, uh, dog actually, which way around yeah, yeah. is a better basically let's let's create a new format now and yeah. um we can we'll sort of tie it in with beth's on the same page thing and wilford's yeah. riddles and we'll sell like a bundle to the bbc you know okay yeah at good. the end of lockdown so this is uh, what's what's that dog called what's that dog called what's his name his real name's different from his acting name that sort of thing you know Okay. Do you want yeah. the real name or the uh, character name? And then you have to guess the other one. I want the real name, then I have to try and guess which dog it was. Okay, this is a dog called Chris. Chris. I think Chris... Um, oh, see, the problem now, Dave, is I've got to try and think of um, famous dogs on yeah. TV. Uh, this is one of the most Chris, famous. Oh, Chris played Wellard in EastEnders. Oh, no, absolutely not. Oh. Chris played Beethoven. Oh, lovely stuff. Chris. In the Beethoven films. Yeah, Chris is a strange, strange. dog name, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, the dog, okay, uh, da, 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 what's the name, the dog's name, we'll tell you his real name, what's his character name, Terry. Terry. Terry played, um, either Turner and or Hooch, I can't remember which one was the dog, Hooch probably, Hooch. Uh, do you want a clue for who Terry is, a musical clue? Yes, please. Oh, I know that song. Oh, Toto, Toto, there Toto, of Wizard of Oz. Terry was Toto. So that's that's the phase two of the dog quiz. We can we can give a clue, can't we? Yeah. I, by the way, I once sang that song with Michael Bublé. What? Yeah. I was interviewing Michael Bublé for Magic, and we talked about Toto Africa, and we started singing the song together. And he knew all the words, and I didn't. It was really awkward. What's his name? The doggy's name. We'll tell you his real name. What's his character name? Clyde. Clyde. Clyde the dog would go into work and become, as if by magic, Lassie. Alas, not. Now, uh, here's a clue for this. It's not a musical clue, but you have, you referenced this dog yesterday and um, on the podcast or the day before, and you correctly said that uh, a number of dogs played this dog. Oh, Marley, off of Marley and Me. But Clyde is the main one who played Marley. There you go. Dead now, of course. Dead, dead dogs, all the dead dogs, dead, dead dogs, they're all dead now. But this is my point, if you look at any dog on any TV show, the chances are it's dead, because it's quite a while ago. Do, 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 Wellard's dead, Marley's dead, Turner's dead, he was actually the character, not the dog. Any more, Dave? I like this game. What's the name, the doggy's name, I'll give you the real name, what's the character name? Pal. 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 Pal played. Wellard. No, the most famous dog. The most famous dog. This dog earned $51,000 a week. Fuck, it's not the Blue Peter dog then, is it? <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh, uh, not on BBC wages. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Literally the most famous dog in the world. Oh, Lassie! It was called Pal. Pal. Pal was called Lassie. Oh, dead now, of course. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, Pal was the very first lassie, so absolutely, definitely dead. Absolutely dead. Absolutely dead. Um, if you... Uh, if I'm trying you to... know what? This yeah. is the thing, right? So when was Lassie first on? Oh, like in the 50s. Yeah, okay, so the first lassie was in 1943, right? No. Uh, the first lassie was 12th of September 1954. The first novel was filmed by MGM in 1943 as oh, Lassie wow. Come Home. Okay, with fine. a dog called Pal playing right. Lassie. Right. So in 1943, Pal, though, according to this article, was earning fifty-one thousand dollars a week in 1943. Right. Come on, we've got to work out how much that's worth now. I've just done it. Oh, what? How much? So how much? Fifty-one thousand dollars. This is insane, mate. If this is real, this is insane. How much is that worth now? Go on. Seven hundred sixty thousand dollars. That dog has smashed it. What is it? What the fuck's the dog going to spend it on? That is absolutely astonishing. What's it going to? What I mean, kibble? How can you spend nearly three quarters of a million dollars on load kibble? Of kibble, isn't it? That's going to be a fat dog by the end of that. Imagine the sort of broken fat hound sitting in some sort of like. Oh god, that's just. Oh, that's that's terrible. That's terrifying. Anyway, um, that concludes our game of. What's his name? The doggy's name. We'll give you the dog's name. What's the character's name? This whole podcast could be an amazing TV show, Dave. We've got so many, so many, we've got so many different elements in play now. Do you know who was in Lassie Comes Home in 1943? I mean, a number, a number of people. John um, Wayne. Your main man was Roddy McDowell off of Planet of the Apes. Yeah, sure. Corn- the, the Cornelius. Right. Talking of- 
but also just just casually like ninth down the list elizabeth taylor elizabeth taylor aged 11 no way was in lassie comes home was that her debut i don't know let's find out let's find out elizabeth taylor what was the first film was it doggies um no it wasn't Uh, she was in something called there's one born every minute brackets aka man or mouse in 1942 where she played the role of gloria twine but then lassie comes home was her second film i started to stop listening really stop listening there but that's great to know there you go so um to sum up that's mm. it that's all I've got that's all I've got for you uh, okay, bye that's right we'll go to a sting oh, no, actually let's not do a sting let's just, play. Let's just go let's just leave let's just finish that's the end of the podcast let's leave the room tomorrow. Um, thanks for coming all the best Cameron guys lots of love bye Cabin F-E-A-3-7-0-9 oh 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 Cabin F-E-A-3-7-0-9 oh 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 Cabin F-E-A-3-7-0-9 oh 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 that's our Twitter name Great Big Owl so tomorrow no wait we know we've got a guest on, but I haven't told them. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.